Hey everybody, my name is Taylor and this is Morbid Academy. If you're on YouTube, you you may be like, Taylor, where are you? You're not in your podcast corner. You're right. I'm in my car. Why am I in my car? Because there's a dead animal in the walls of my bedroom, which is where my podcast corner is. And oh my God, that entire room stinks like a dead fucking body. I didn't know what a dead body smelled like but oh my god and apparently you're just supposed to let it disintegrate in your walls and the smell will go away needless to say i try not to go in that room as much as i can but anyway so i'm in my car for this hopefully the sound is okay but let's get to it this week i'm doing another urban legends episode and i am covering West Virginia. Fun fact about West Virginia, there's a couple. There's so much shit going on there. Are you all okay? Is every plate, is everybody just haunted in West Virginia? Oh my god. Everywhere is haunted. There's so much going on. There's so much going on and there's so much information for what is going on that each one deserves its own episode. I mean, I won't call it an urban legend episode when I do that, but like Mothman, Flatwood Monsters, something called the Bunny Man. But the Bunny Man, I think is actually Virginia, not West Virginia. Um, Allie, I, again, I have to do more research on that. But there's so much going on there. Again, are you all okay? So I picked like five stories that didn't have a lot of information, just enough to get the whole story. But there's a lot going on in West Virginia. Another fun fact, I basically just said that, West Virginia is one of like the most haunted states in the US and is home to two of the most haunted locations. We have the Moundsville Penitentiary and the Trans-Allegheny Asylum. Again, I will cover both of those eventually. But let's get to the actual urban legends that are tiny enough for me to cover multiple in one episode. The first urban legend is the legend of Screaming Jenny. The story goes that after the Baltimore and Ohio railroads were built in about 19, not 19, 1833, a bunch of old storage sheds were left abandoned along the riverbank in Harper's Ferry. I guess it was used as like a armory, not exactly sure why those sheds were there, but the sheds soon became home to the homeless and one of those was a woman called Jenny. It said that one night in autumn she was sitting by her little fire trying to keep warm and drinking broth to try to warm herself up and she was so focused on just keeping warm that she didn't notice a spark fly from the fire onto her skirt and she continued to not notice her skirts on fire until it burned through the heavy wool and started burning her skin. She threw the broth onto the fire trying to douse it but to no avail and ran outside screaming for help. Nobody came. She started running toward the train tracks and toward the train station in hopes that somebody would see her, hear her, and help her. And within minutes, she was completely engulfed in flames, screaming at the top of her lungs. And at some point, she staggered onto the tracks, 
as, quote, a ball of fire that barely looked human. And she didn't notice the glow from the train headlights as it rounded the corner and then the screaming stopped. One thing about trains, if you don't know, because of how big they are and how fast they're going, they have to start stopping miles away. I'm not sure exactly how far away from the station they have to stop, but it's very hard for them to just stop the train. So the, the train engineer sees this ball of fire woman on the tracks, tries to stop the train, but isn't able to and runs over Jenny. So the engineer, he finally is able to stop the train. He starts blowing the warning whistle, gets out and starts running towards where Jenny's body is, still on fire. And the crew from the station hears the whistle and comes out as well. They find Jenny's body, again, still on fire. They douse it and carry her body to the station. At some point, she is given a pauper's funeral and buried in an unmarked grave. And just like a few days later, the whole incident is completely forgotten. Until a month later, when a train is rounding the corner and is confronted by, quote, screaming ball of fire, end quote. So again, of course, it's too late to stop the train and the train runs over this screaming ball of fire. Again, the engineer leaps out of the train and nothing is there. He reported the incident to the station master who instantly remembered Jenny and realized that it was her ghost returning to haunt the tracks. It said that every year on the anniversary of her death, which I was not able to find anywhere, except it said in the autumn, so in the fall at some point, a train will round the corner and be confronted by a screaming ball of fire. But when the train finally stops, nobody's there. The second urban legend I have for you is that of Elizabeth Moore, the ghost of E. Moore Hall on the West Virginia University downtown campus in Morgantown. Elizabeth was the headmistress of the Woodburn Female Seminary in 1865 to 1866. And during her 10th year there, the Civil War broke out in West Virginia, which I think was 1861. I could be completely wrong about that. I don't know history. But anyway, the Confederate soldiers raided Morgantown, hoping to capture one of the state's senators, because I guess they were pissed that he made it a state. I don't know, but that's, that's not important unless you care about history. But Elizabeth hid her students in the basement of the building. And then, because she was a freaking badass, she invited the soldiers for tea. She was, she wanted to convince them that she was one of them so they wouldn't hurt her or go looking through the building for whoever lived there. And she was able to do that and they left her alone and she saved the students. So the E. Moore Hall building was built between 1826 and 1828, but was named in her honor after Elizabeth passed away in 1930. Today, the building houses campus and community life, but the ghost of Elizabeth has been seen walking the halls. One surprising thing though, is that she only appears to women or to men 
if they are being accompanied by a woman. I guess there's a pool in the basement of the building and there's a story that a male and a female student were swimming when all of a the sudden they see Elizabeth floating on top of the water. And that would make sense because in Elizabeth's time, a single woman or a young woman wasn't allowed to be alone with a man. So she was just supervising. She was like, uh-uh, nothing weird happening here, y'all. She probably did not say y'all. Do they say y'all in West Virginia? I don't know. But she probably did not say y'all. So she's, but she was just chaperoning. I was like, I'm not leaving you alone. Mm -mm. No funny business on my watch. There's another story about her, about her portrait. It's hanging in the, when you walk into the building, it's hanging, hanging on the left. And I guess in the 1970s, the faculty working there wanted to take her picture down and put up a picture of somebody who was actually working there at the time. But she wasn't having it. She was like, bitch, this is my building. Whose name is on this building? Yes, it's mine. Don't even play with me. And they come in the next morning her picture is back on the wall and the other picture is on the floor. Well, they switch it again. The next morning, her picture's back and it hasn't been moved since. Don't mess with Elizabeth Moore. And now let's pause for a little bit of an ad break. It is November. It is my birthday month. So everybody needs to be nice to me and just give me an awesome review on wherever you rate your podcast. Thanks. But no, anyway, it is my birthday month. So I'm giving you all a 10% discount off of all Morbid Academy merch. Just use code birthday at checkout for a 10% discount off your order at morbidacademymerch.com. Again, use code birthday at checkout for 10% off your order. The next urban legend I have for you is the Ogwa, the Ogwa River Monster. I guess it's also known as the Rivesville Monster and the Holt Monster. The Ogwa is said to be a 500 pound, 20 foot long, giant alligator snapping turtle type creature. And it lives in the, I'm gonna butcher this name, I apologize, Monongala. Monongala River, sure. And it's not too far-fetched that a creature like this could be seen there. I mean, a bajillion years ago, it could have been seen there because according to West Virginia storyteller Jason Burns, giant prehistoric turtles lived in that area. But obviously, again, in the dinosaur times. So, Jurassic times, is that what it's called? I mean, that would make sense. Jurassic Park, Jurassic World. Anyway, one thing is that is said about it is that the natives who lived there at the time used it as protection against white settlers or to scare away white settlers because we ruin everything. The creature is said to lurk underwater, only coming to the banks at night, waiting for deer to come to the edge to drink and then just pops out and crushes it and brings it underwater like an alligator. It's also said that it can venture onto land at night searching for deer 
or an unfortunate soul that happens upon it. The Ogwa was first reported in 1745 when a family was living in Holt and watched their 12-year-old son be pulled under the water by the giant turtle and the boy was never seen again. Recently, however, two men were fishing and believed they saw the Ogwa in the moonlight, originally thinking it was a homeless person who fell into the river. Not sure how that was mistaken for a giant turtle, but okay. Um, they said that their encounter lasted like five to 10 minutes and then the creature slipped under the water. Okay. No thank you either way. I don't, I love turtles. I don't want to see a giant 500 pound one. Now onto the fourth story. Little Sally, the ghost who haunts the mountain lair or student union building and the Stewart Hall of West Virginia University. In the early 1900s, before there was the mountain lair, there was the main hall for gatherings in Morgantown. It's said that an eight-year-old girl named Sally was at a party at the hall one night, dancing around in a little yellow dress. And unfortunately, she passed away just a few days later from the typhoid fever that was ravaging West Virginia. She was then buried in a cemetery that they built Stuart Hall on top of. You don't build on top of a cemetery, but I guess the person who was in, in charge of building that building, they were like, hmm, maybe we shouldn't do this and decided to dig up the graves and rebury them in East Oak Grove Cemetery. So maybe they figured out that they would 100% be haunted if they didn't do that. I have a feeling ghosts would be pissed if you moved their grave too. But maybe because they actually buried them in another cemetery, they were fine. But Sally is still seen dancing around what is now the mountain lair. And employees have seen a little girl in a yellow dress dancing around on the second floor. And then she rounds a corner and just disappears. I guess she is also seen in Stewart Hall. But she's like, you know what? This place isn't as fun. I liked the party place. Let's go there. Although she was eight. So how much partying she liked? I don't know. And the last one I have for you today is one that pisses me off. But it is called the Woodburn Cow. Yes, you heard that right. It's an urban legend of a cow. Apparently in the 1870s, just a few years after West Virginia University was founded, students decided to pull a prank. You might see where this is going. Apparently some of the school's first students decided to steal a cow from the West Virginia University farm and lead it up to the top of the Woodburn Hall clock tower. And it like, it just moved there like there was no tomorrow. Probably because it was terrified, you dumbasses. One thing you may not know about cows is that they do not have the ability to walk downstairs. They can go upstairs, they cannot come downstairs. So after spending hours, although other articles I read said that they spent days trying to get the cow down, they decided that they had to kill the cow and then cut up its body and bring the pieces down one by one. Why they had to cut it up, I'm not really sure. I feel like 
they could have just brought the body down. Uh, why they had to kill it, I feel like there, there could have been a better way, but it was also the 1870s, so I don't know what they actually could have done. Again, that's why it pisses me off, because why? Jerkheads. So whatever became of the students that actually pulled the pranks, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's unknown. It's also unknown what happened to the cow after they brought it down. Again, this is an urban legend, so I, I hope it's not true. But I guess today the clock tower is boarded up and off limits to the public. But students will say that they can hear the moos from the clock tower to this day. I don't know how I feel about that. A ghost cow. That's so sad. I mean, you don't hear about ghost animals. So you know that that poor baby was terrified. So I'm really hoping it's not true. I'm just going to believe that this one is not true. Because it just makes me sad and mad. But anyway, those are some of the urban legends of West Virginia. Again, there's a lot going on in West Virginia, and I will be covering those in their own deserved episode because, wow. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Let me know which state you would like me to cover next. Thank you all so much for listening. Please rate and review wherever you do the thing. And as always, you can find Morbid Academy on your favorite podcast app with new episodes out on Fridays and the videos that are out on YouTube at Coffee, Creeps, and Cake. I It's the new name of the channel because I do more than just this on that channel. And if you would like to get the episodes early, get bonus content, first looks, and more, please consider donating to patreon.com slash morbidacademy. If you would like to make a donation to the podcast of your choosing, not do a monthly subscription type thing, you can do so over at buymeacoffee.com slash morbidacademy. You get some of the perks of that Patreon does, just not all of them. You can check out the merch at morbidacademymerch.com. Again, use code BIRTHDAY for a 10% discount. Be sure to follow along on Instagram and Facebook at morbidacademy. If you have a story you would like to hear, if you have a state you would like me to cover for Urban Legends, and if you have a creepy story of your own, I would love to read those on this podcast. I know other podcasts do listener episodes. They are amazing, and I would love to do the same for you all. I want to read your creepy, morbid, true crime, paranormal stories. And you can send all of that over to morbidacademy at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you keep it creepy, friends. Bye-bye.